Part 2 Friday The office fans ran as they always did. At least this form of disturbance remained constant and predictable. Also, Howe's arrival occurred at the usual late point in the morning. Life seemed unchanged, but for me, everything was altered. Good morning, Rob. Morning, Howe. You look horrible. I feel horrible. Oh, then allow me to cheer you up. I had a chance to think about your sorting problem, and I might have found a solution. It's called Hierarchical Cluster Analysis. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Are you all right? No. No, I'm not. I had a big fight with Marky. Ah. What happened? I felt far too ashamed of what had happened. How could I admit my actions and the failure of my marriage? It's a long story, but it was the worst fight we've had so far. Well, let me know if I can be of any help. Thanks, you. You've already been useful. I will look into cluster analysis. You also have that talk about your promotion coming up, don't you? Next week. I hope that will work out for you. Me too. I've put a lot of effort into preparing my application. I turned towards my screen and started feeding my search engine with terms. Before hitting the enter key, I looked at the cursor. Am I feeling lucky today? How much worse can it get? Yes, my search engine overlord, I feel so lucky. Make my day. And what a surprise, Wikipedia is delivering the good news. For a while I tried to understand all the mathematical formulas, but eventually I had to give up. How? I'm not sure if I understand this correctly. Could you have a look? Sure. I mean, the first thing I need to do is find a way to describe the similarity of my bricks. For this, I need two things. First, a, a way to describe them, and second, a way to calculate their similarity based on these descriptions. Let's use a simple example. I could assume that all my bricks have only two features, their number of studs and their height. The latter would be measured in a multitude of the height of a plate. A normal 2x4 brick then has 8 studs and a height of 3. A 2x2 plate would then have 4 studs and a height of 1. Their distance can then be calculated by using the Euclidean distance. That sounds about right. What is your question? Well, how exactly do I calculate the Euclidean distance? Let's take the example of your brick B and plate P. If we put these two points into a Cartesian matrix in which the x-axis represents the number of studs and the y-axis represents the height of the bricks, then we get a graph like this one. The distance d between point b and p is then this. OK. Well, let's consider some more cases. They can also be put into the graph, right? That is correct. Uh, the graph then becomes a so-called scatter plot in which each dot represents a brick. Like this. Here are some more points. I got that. But how exactly does this hierarchical cluster analysis work? You first merge the two bricks that have the shortest distance between them. They form a new cluster that consists of at least two bricks. OK. But how can I then calculate distances? I now have a multiple points in one cluster. You need to find a new distance measure that works for clusters. There are some obvious choices. It's possible to use the distance between the two closest points, or the two most distant points of each cluster. 
Since the Euclidean distance between points is already defined here, it would be easy to calculate the distance between clusters this way. But a better way is to consider the distance between the centres of clusters, because that represents a group of points. Every point in the cluster has an influence on the so-called centroid. Uh, hold your horses. I mean, can you please demonstrate this on the example? The centroid for the points B and P would be... So the coordinate for the centroid for the two bricks is then 6 on the x-axis and 2 on the y-axis. I assume it would then be possible to calculate the Euclidean distances between any two centroids? Bingo! Step by step, the clusters would be joined until the last two clusters are joined into one. You might also enjoy a non-mathematical representation. The resulting cluster at each stage of the merging can be shown in a dendrogram graph. The horizontal axis denotes the rescaled distance at which the clusters merge. I'm not sure if this is an insult or what a rescaled distance is, but I get the point of the graph. So how does this apply now to my sorting problem? Given that maybe only three bins are available in your rack, it is possible to start from the right side of the dendrogram and move towards the left. As soon as three horizontal lines are available, the optimal solution is found and the definition of the three clusters is complete. If six or eight bins are available, it is only necessary to move further to the left to find the optimal cluster. It's not necessary to define the number of clusters beforehand. Well, this is pretty neat. I mean, most of all, because this tree is not using a single feature to distinguish clusters, but all features at the same time. The distances already calculated took two features, height and number of studs, into account at the same time. The dendrogram even gives me an idea on how to arrange the bricks in the shelf. Starting from the right, the first couple of divisions could be my tiers. That would be a good idea. But the cluster analysis doesn't provide names for the branches of the tree, which would translate to names for the tiers in my rack. There is no label similar to mammal in the tree of life. So it's up to me to look at the members of that cluster and assign an interpretation. I could, for example, call the topmost cluster tall bricks. Yep. The advantage of a hierarchical cluster analysis is that the results can be represented in a way that's easy to understand. You can directly translate the results into the organisation of your rack. Many other classification systems, such as neural networks, produce results that are at least as powerful in forming clusters, but the solution can't easily be interpreted by humans. Hence, it would be very hard to label their results. But how do I deal with features that I can't express in numbers? The Euclidean distance is meaningless for features that can't be quantified. The presence of a slope on a brick can only be captured with a feature of the type yes, stroke, no. While other features, such as the brick's colour, can best be described by their names. These types of nominal data require a different type of distance measure such as the, the Jacquard index, which is defined as the size of the intersection divided by the size of the union of the sets. Or more formally... I have to trust you on this one since I have even more serious concerns. The hierarchical cluster analysis doesn't consider that I may have more bricks of one type than another, that some bricks might be bigger than others and may fill up a bin quicker, and that the sizes of the bins in my rack differ Moreover, there is one issue that cluster analysis can't solve. The rack has exactly 22 bins, 
a hierarchical classification of the bricks would already be useful, but an optimal solution for exactly those two 22 bins is required. Can the hierarchical cluster analysis guarantee that it will end up with the exact number of clusters necessary? At a certain point in the dendrogram, the tree might split in a way that either too many or too few clusters become defined. If the exact number of bins is known beforehand, then the k-means algorithm can be used. In this algorithm, k number of points that form the initial centroids are defined up front either by randomly selecting centroids or by guessing possible centroids visually by humans. Next, the actual data points are assigned one by one to their closest centroids. With every addition to a cluster, its centroid may change ever so slightly, resulting in points being reassigned to other clusters. The algorithm stops as soon as no more points change their association to a cluster. Hmm. That is exactly what's happening to me. My family cluster is going to split. But I could not reveal this to Howe. Why can't relationships be like maths? It would be so much easier if you could calculate the similarity between people and form couples based on this calculation. You could even calculate the distances between families and hence find friends easily. I guess that online dating sites are already using algorithms like this to find matches for their clients. The Gottman Institute even conducted studies that showed that their method is able to predict the likelihood of couples staying together with an accuracy of 94%. There is method in the madness. <laughs> yes, madness. I'm not so sure about the method. I'll probably have to sign up for one of those dating websites soon. Hal picked up the clue and walked back to his desk. Thanks, Hal. This was really helpful. Math is always so clear and simple. Any time, Rob. The morning passed and I was not sure if I was hungry or not. My stomach felt weird. Everything did. Time for some unhealthy food and lots of chocolate. I took the lift to the eighth floor and consumed the most deep-fried meal available. No feeling of satisfaction set it. I bought some chocolate, but even that did not taste like anything. Nothing made any sense and I couldn't imagine anything that could make me feel better. On the way down another person in the lift had selected the third floor and in a spontaneous decision I stepped out as well. Looking more like a zombie than a man I ghouled my way to Professor Smith's office. The office was deserted. No graves to rob, no dead meat to eat and no professor to get lectured from. Great. I looked at the mirror above the sink and noticed that my eyes were dark and puffy. I will just sit here on the couch for a little while. Maybe I'll put my feet up. Yes, I'm feeling lucky today. Prince Valium accepted me into his realm and the nothingness of my existence was a true relief. I woke up from a loud voice outside the door, which was a bit ajar. Yes, I will give you the book the next time we meet. No worries at all. Uh, just come by later. Yeah, all right? He must be talking to a colleague. He can't find me here sleeping on his sofa. How embarrassing. I put my feet on the ground and noticed that a blanket covered me. Where did the blanket come from? I didn't cover myself. Professor Smith must have been in here before. Oh, how embarrassing. He must have seen me sleeping. How long was I gone? I checked my watch. It must have been at least an hour. Damn. Enough time to walk across the whole campus. 
I put the blanket aside while Professor Smith kicked the door with his feet. Oh, he's giving me a hint. He wants to spare me the embarrassment. Professor Smith pushed the door open and walked into the room backwards. Once he turned around, I was sitting upright with only the blanket on the sofa as evidence of my slumber. Oh, Rob, what a surprise. How are you doing? He's such a gentleman. Pretends he didn't see me sleeping just to save me from the embarrassment. Oh, not too bad. You don't look good, unless you have a zombie fetish. Hmm? Seriously, what's going on? <sighs> Marky wants to separate. What? We had a big fight and she doesn't want to go on. Oh, I didn't know it was that serious. Me neither. I mean, there are always good times and bad times in a relationship. I assumed that she would still want me, but it looks like I was wrong. What exactly did she propose? She wants a new direction. She wants to separate. Maybe for a little while, maybe for good. And what do you think about that? I am not a fan of on-and-off-again types of relationships. Why is that? Well, because I don't know where I'm at. One thing is for certain. If you force a decision, she will leave. If you want to keep her, you'll have to give her the room she needs to breathe. But how am I supposed to live in the same house as her? Consider her your roommate. Roommate? Are you serious? How would that be different from the status quo? Well, 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 well there's the sex. Well, well, not really. The children. She's still the mother of my children. I understand. It will be a difficult situation for all of you. The children will probably figure out, at least subconsciously, that something is different. Mark, I understand rationally that this might be the way forward. One shouldn't dismiss a marriage quickly, particularly if children are involved. But I'm just not sure if I can handle such an arrangement. I'm willing to compromise. Hell, I've bent myself for many years already. But that was all under the assumption that we fundamentally belong to each other and that we're both working towards our future. But she's not committed to our future any longer. I understand, but I can't really advise you. There's no right or wrong path and nobody can guarantee you an outcome. The only thing you can do is try. The children were already in bed when Marky and I finally sat down together that evening. We had continued with our daily routine, except there was no physical contact whatsoever. Did you have a chance to think? Not much. How about you? I had a couple of thoughts, but maybe it'd be better to start with what you want our relationship to be like. I don't know what it should be like. I only know that I need some time apart. How do you envision this to work with the children? You could find a small rental place. You don't need much anyway. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm certainly not going to leave the kids. Why can't you just leave me alone? Why do you always make things so difficult? Saturday. The morning started earlier than I wanted. My shoulders hurt when lying on my side and my back was uncomfortable when lying on my back. I put on a fleece jumper and walked to the computer to select some music. Decibuli, City of Festivals. I sat down and started to sort more bricks. The 2x2 two two corners go into this bin and the 3 by one slope into the slope box. How did the users of Bricklink ever agree on a taxonomy and nomenclature? I can create my own order, 
But what happens if a lot of people have to agree on a single solution? The basic bricks started to form a more stable pattern. While I had to merge and divide bins frequently in the beginning, it had become less frequent as more bricks were sorted. Reaching this stable plateau was better than any paracetamol. The only exception was my Technic collection. There were some obvious clusters such as axles, tooth wheels, bushes and pins. But the immense diversity of parts did not grow into clusters. There were too many specialist pieces. I need smaller bins for these. Looks like a trip to Bunnings again. The children slowly got up and I welcomed them with hugs and kisses. Can we watch some TV? You need to go to Japanese school this morning. Just a little bit. Hey, I'm just a roommate. I don't have to make the children go to Japanese school anymore. That's Maki's job now. Sure, let me know when you're hungry and want some breakfast. I covered the children in a blanket on the couch and started the fire in the log burner before putting on the kettle. I prepared the tea and observed how the darkness slowly withdrew its drip on the day. It took another hour before Maki poked her head into the living room, still wearing her pyjamas. She carried her phone and asked the children to talk to their grandparents via Skype. The conversation continued in Japanese for a while before Maki returned to her room. Through the slightly open doors, I noticed that the tone of the conversation had turned serious. My name was mentioned a couple of times, but I could not make sense of their conversation. Eventually, Maki ended the conversation and returned to the living room. You need to go to Japanese school, girls. Do we have to? Yes, and it is late. Get yourself ready now. Would you like some breakfast now, girls? Yes, please. I want cereal. And I want rice with tuna and avocado. Get yourselves ready and I'll get it for you. I took a bag of rice from the freezer and heated it into the microwave before cutting into the avocado. The rice went into a bowl with the tuna, avocado and some soya sauce on top. Next, I put some cereal in a bowl. Camelia recognised the sound and yelled from her room. No milk, Daddy, just the cereal. All right. Maki arrived in the kitchen and started the coffee machine. I observed her movements, the twirls in her hair, her dancing steps on the floor and the curves on her chest. How can she be so close and yet so far? The initial relief I had felt from not having to bother about the Japanese school was pushed aside by plain loneliness. I couldn't endure her proximity any longer and fled to my room. I opened Bricklink and browsed through the available minifigures. So many of them, and such horrible photographs. They really deserve better. Maybe I should photograph them all and make a catalogue. Now that would be a worthy goal. I would become the Linnaeus of minifigures. Maki yelled at the children, pressing them to get ready. I should probably be there for them. I returned to the dining room and helped the children to get ready. Maki continued to yell commands while desperately trying to get herself ready. This is not your fight, Rob. Let her handle this. I calmly helped them into their jackets and shoes. Maki ordered the children into the car and made sure they were buckled correctly. Have fun, girls. Get away. I'm late. I closed the car's door and stepped back. The engine howled when Maki accelerated. The empty house was in complete silence and Desibuli's tunes flowed in over the empty spaces. The scene in the dining table still held the presence of Camellia and Poppy. I cleaned the table and returned the sorting bricks piece. The engine noise from the driveway announced Maki's return, but I did not bother to get up. 
I am so hungry. I'm the only one who did not have any breakfast. Go right ahead. There's plenty in the fridge. Can you join me? I would like to talk. Yeah, sure. We should go away somewhere this weekend. Where? How? We could just take the car and go on a holiday. Maybe in the South Island. Maybe Kaikoura. It'll be good for our family. Where would we stay? Just in a hotel. Mm, Booking at such short notice might be expensive, but more importantly, what would our sleeping arrangements be? I guess we would have to book two rooms. That is silly. We can just sleep in the same room and my parents would pay for it. What do your parents have to do with this? Let's not get into this. This is a family honour matter. I wouldn't be able to sleep next to you. I would want to touch you. Can't you control yourself? It would be a good experience for our family. I completely agree. It would be great to experience our relationship as something that wasn't negative. We need some shared positive experiences. Maybe we could take a day trip to Akaroa. That is just around the corner. I also have another Lego meeting tonight that I would like to attend. You and your Lego? Yes, me and my Lego. Did you buy more sets? Maybe. Oh God, when will this ever end? You have money and time for Lego, but you don't want to go on a holiday with me? I want us to be together and I want us to work on our relationship. Maybe we should see a counsellor. That would be useless. I can't bear being so close and at the same time so distant from you. Whatever. Go and play with your Lego. Finding Peter's house was difficult, as he lived in a holiday park outside the city. It got dark earlier each day, and I had difficulties not only finding the entrance to the holiday park, but also finding the community hall where we were meeting. The park was well maintained, and I felt an immediate sense of having a holiday when I encountered all the families who were cleaning up their dishes in the community kitchen. It was already cold at this time of year, but it didn't seem to sop the visitors. Peter welcomed me in the great hall which was heated by several fans. Ah, did you find it all right? It was okay. I haven't been out here before, so I missed the entrance. This does seem like a very nice holiday park. Oh, it is. And since my work takes me all across the country, it doesn't make sense for me to not bother with anything else. But where do you keep all your Lego? And more importantly, where can you build? I have an arrangement with the owner, and he's renting me a room upstairs. The others are already there. If you want to go on up, I will just get some biscuits. Yeah, sure thing. The room was filled with large plastic containers of bricks and models. Some large Technic models were scattered around the room. A young woman with a friendly face caught my attention. She had long brown hair with a stocky body. Hey, Francis, Roman, Lucia and Samuel. How are you all? All good. How have you been? Well, busy with moderate success. That's great. Let's wait for Peter to return before diving into the planning. Rob, you probably haven't met Daisy yet. Hi, Daisy. Nice to meet you. What's your Lego project? I mainly photograph minifigure scenes and post them online. Are you BrickPick76? Yes, that's my alias. I'm a big fan of your <laughs> flicker feed. Great to meet you in person. Thanks. Well... That's all I do with Lego. Could you maybe give me the address of your feed? I couldn't keep my eyes off her. And when our gaze met, it lasted slightly longer than convention would allow. Sure. Here it is. Neither of us said a word. 
but the split second our fingers touched felt like minutes to me. I also have another question that you might be able to answer, since you have all been into Lego so much longer than me. Are you suggesting I'm old? (laughs) When you think you're old, then you are. Then I'm a teenager. With some experience. So this BrickLink website, how did that ever come about? BrickLink is the brainchild of Dan Jezik, who created the website around the year 2000. He single-handedly developed the website, and it grew since then. But how did he come up with the inventories of all those thousands of sets? And how did he identify all those bricks? He didn't start from scratch. Eiffels have been inventorying sets way before him. There has been Lugnet and Pieron. The data was collected and validated by Eiffels. It has been a group effort. Could they not just copy the data from Lego's database? I'm certain they must maintain their own data. The Lego company was initially not collaborative at all. They've been a very closed Danish company. So, the Eiffels had to reverse engineer most of the parts IDs and inventories. They also had to come up with common names, such as Wedge 3x3 Cut Corner. By the way, does anyone have any of those in dark green? I have some. How many do you need? About 20 or so. No worries. I'll bring them along next time. The BrickLink website looks pretty old-fashioned. I mean, why don't they update it? Well, Dan died in 2010, and its development practically stopped until recently when the website was sold to a company in Hong Kong. They are supposedly working on a 2.0 version. But not without pissing off the whole community with their new terms of service. What about those terms? BrickLink now claims ownership of all the metadata and photos the community has provided over the years. A lot of volunteers dedicated their time to maintaining the catalogue. Why would they make such a silly move? The design and functionality of BrickLink is outdated, and some competitors, such as BrickOwl, have entered the arena. As BrickLink is the de facto standard for identifying bricks, they use BrickLink's data to organize their own catalogue. BrickLink does not like giving its data to a competitor. You said before that Dan built his database on previous data from Pieron and others. So how could BrickLink claim ownership of that data? Exactly. Please help yourself to these cookies. Mmm. Yeah, yummy. Thank you all for coming tonight. I know that some of you have been very busy in the past week, so maybe each of you can tell us what you have accomplished. Rob, would you like to start? Uh, Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I have spoken to the facility management at the university, and they've suggested the big auditorium. I had a look at it, and it does seem suitable. It's a square room that's usually used by the theatre programme. It has wooden floors, black curtains on the walls, and it is at least five metres high. Uh, How big is the ground floor? I'd say maybe 20 by 20 metres. That could be enough. What would they charge for it? Well, that's the best thing. We can have it free of charge. I also ask for tables and chairs, and they have a whole warehouse full of them. They use it for large exams. They even offered to deliver them to us with their truck. That is excellent news. Well, I think so too. The university is actually rather supportive. Shall I go next? Well... I had to talk to the Children's Festival organisers, and they would be happy to include us in their brochure. I think we should also have a website to advertise the event. Do you have any suggestions for a name? Maybe we should have a web page for our club and then have the show as a sub-page from there. 
the convention is to use lug for Lego user group. So we could be lug something something. We would probably be the most southern lug in the world. In another club we use 42 in the name since we're 42 degrees south. And we have the core 4x2 brick. So how about lug 4x2? I recently saw a logo that used the slash to symbolise the shape of New Zealand. That could work. Is everyone okay with this idea? Mm, Not a problem. Samuel, have you been able to contact more AFOLs? I visited Toy Planet. Uh, There's a girl working there who's very knowledgeable about Lego. Her name is Ray, and it turns out she's a pretty big AFOL as well. She knows some heavy Lego spenders, and some of them even come to the shop just to talk to her. I asked her to join our meeting, but she couldn't make it tonight. She promised to talk to some of her special clients. That could be a very useful contact. I guess we all buy, at least occasionally, from Toy Planet. Looks like we're making some good progress. Maybe Peter can show us some of his mocks. I'm also very curious to find out what's in all those containers. Sure. Let me get some out. Peter pushed aside some boxes to free the view on one and a half metre long all-terrain crane. The group held their breath. Now, this is a little something I've been working on. It isn't ready yet. The boom extends about a metre out and everything is motorised, including the stabilisers. That is amazing! Can you demonstrate it? Just let me get this battery pack here and switched on and this little thing here put back in... Whoa, this works great! The whole boom is out! Yeah, it still isn't ready. I have a few other things in these boxes. What is that chromed model? That's a modified 5571 truck from the 1996. It was a beautiful model, but the original model didn't have enough chrome on it. So I replaced as many parts as I could. It looks better now, doesn't it? It looks very special. I haven't convinced myself yet that I want to display them. Most of them are not ready, and I don't want to be the laughingstock in my company. Is it really that bad with your colleagues? You work at a university with plenty of weird people. I work for a construction company where everybody is supposed to be normal. If they find out that I build with Lego bricks, they will give me a hard time for months. Or they could admire your models. They probably built with Lego when they were young and they might also have children themselves by now. It would be such a great loss if we couldn't display your models. We barely have enough models to fill the room. I'll think about it. The discussion continued with Peter showing more models which were all greeted with astonishment and admiration. Occasionally, the conversation hopped to more general Lego topics, such as special offers at toy stores or tales of great purchases at garage sales. In many other circles, our revelations would have been considered odd. But here and now, we dared to show our inner selves and were rewarded with acceptance and affirmation. I wished I could have stayed forever.